Well, I thought I coined that phrase about defining moments. <laughs> Doggone it, somebody else thought about it too. Uh, we have those every once in a while, don't we? Don't like them much. But uh, actually, defining moments can be a really good thing. And uh, they, at the times God lets us shine. And uh, there comes a time when, when we... Um, we, we need to shine. We want desperately to be able to share with people that love us, you know, yeah. what we really believe, what, it makes, what makes us tick. Yeah. Anyway, let's get started on this. Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verse 18, 19, 20, and 21. Now, the birth of Jesus was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. While he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins." I gave most of you a copy of this book. If, I, if you weren't here this Sunday back in October and I gave you a copy of the book, uh, I have several of them back there in the back. I'll give you a copy when service is over. Uh, but before I wrote this one, which was nonsense, <laughs> I tell everybody there's nothing quotable in this book right here. Um, before Nana and Papa were Nana and Papa. Now, it's got a real pretty picture of Barbara when, she, when we were dating and Got a picture of me, and it's got a picture of us kissing. And, um, and it's just full of funny stories about us, how we met and, and all of that. And, um, but before I wrote, before Nan and Papa were Nan and Papa, I wrote back in, well, published in 07, on Jaxie's birthday. Was it Jaxie's birthday or my brother's birthday? On the 15th. That's my brother's birthday. Jaxie's on October 14th. And um, so, the reason I mention it is, uh, got this cover, <laughs> you got this. <laughs> and before, uh, before I, I was talking to a publisher that called me from Illinois uh, about this one. Boy, he was a salesman. He had been trained, you could tell. He, was, he knew how to do it. And he was putting it on thick. He didn't speak English as a first language, <laughs> and so he had a real accent. I'm not putting him down. The guy was probably brilliant. If I was in his country, I couldn't speak 10 words. But uh, he said, I noticed that your other book was religious. And I said, yeah. He said, what's this book? <laughs> this embarrasses me every time I even tell it, and it was him that said it, not me. <laughs> he said, what's, what's this book about? And I said, well, I guess it would be humor. And he goes, oh, oh, oh humor. <laughs> There's nothing funny about that word. <laughs> I just wanted to reach out and touch someone. <laughs> Anyone anyway, people are buttering me up like that. And so he said, um, so he looked up online and saw this book, and he said, let me take a look at your other book. He called me Mr. Betty. <laughs> and he saw this, and he said, oh, Mr. Betty. He said, who did that to your book? <laughs> I said, what? And he said, that cover. And I said, I did. <laughs> so he was messed up right from the start. There was no way he was going to sell me anything. <laughs> but um, 
Anyway, he, I said, what's wrong with it? You'll notice it is lovely Christmas red, right? And it's titled The Christmas Cast. And it's about people in the Bible that uh, made up the Christmas story and what it cost them personally to be part of that story and all of that. So it's lovely Christmas red. It's got pretty white writing on it. <laughs> he thought it was just horrible. And I said, what should have been on it? He said, it should have had pictures all over it. And I said, well... I don't think the wise men hung around for a group photo and I don't have any snapshots of Mary and Joseph, so what would I put on it? Uh, anyway. I wonder what he looked like, though, when he said, who did that to your book? And I said, I did. I learned, uh, I used to be a cabinet maker. My wife told me a year ago I was retired from that. And when I, uh, last few years that I did cabinet work, I, I uh, just built for um, home builders, two home builders there in Enid. And when they had a job, they'd just tell me to start a new work, come and do this, you know. And, but before that, I always just sold cabinets to anybody and everybody that knew me. And so you go into the house and you sit down at the kitchen table, you know, and the, the lady of the house always says, my cabinets are really bad. I need new cabinets. And you always say, yeah, they could use updating. That's what you say. You don't ever say, oh, girl, who did that? Because if you say that, she's going to say, well, my dad, just before he died, built those cabinets. <laughs> so I'm sure that was a brilliant man, but he didn't learn that in, in his sales meeting pitch seminars that he went to. Anyway, the reason I mention this is chapter three of this is titled Defining Moments. And um, I got chapter one, started out with a John the Baptist, which really isn't part of the Christmas story. But if you look in Luke's gospel, the Christmas story there starts out with a story about John the Baptist. So I started my book with a story about John the Baptist, and then there's one about Mary. And I called it an odd way to save the world. And I got to Joseph, and I called it Defining Moments. Joseph's Defining Moments. Um, this was a defining moment. Um, so anyway, he was the third person I wrote about. Uh, I, I, I preached a series of sermons between uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas titled The Christmas Cast. And I was going to, I taped all of them back when they made tapes. Remember those? And then I play, played them back and I was going to type the whole sermon up and I was going to make copies of it and give it to my four grandchildren because I had four grandchildren at that time. Now I have seven. But um, that was the plan. And as I was typing it up, I thought, well, I should have said this and this about theirs too. And then as I got to looking, I, I uh, ended up with 11 people or, or groups of people in this and uh, Joseph was just the third one. Um, defining moments. Moments that define us. That's scary. Thank the Lord they don't happen every day. I think Dr. Phil a few years ago Got the phrase, oh, I think you're having another defining moment, honey. You know, she had two or three of them out there while he's interviewing her. I don't think they happen that often. That really define you. Uh, you know, people wonder what makes you tick. They, 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 um, um, they think they know. Maybe you've told them. But defining moments say it in a way like nothing else can. And thank the Lord they don't happen every day. But they're not to be dreaded, but they should be embraced. They feel a great need in our lives, and there'll come a time, there'll come a time when you want desperately to be able to tell everybody you love what you really uh, believe. Um, and defining moments 
fill the bill. I was asked one time to sit in a hospital room with a dying woman as she invited every family member uh, to come by one by one. The purpose was for her to share what she had really believed all her life. Um, They were all really kind. They all acted convinced. (laughs) But I wondered how many were really uh, conflicted about what they were hearing and what they knew about this lady. She must have had defining moments that spoke to them during the years she lived. Now she was saying something else. Now, you can have defining moments. If you never lived for the Lord ever in your life and on your deathbed you accept Christ, you got a defining moment to tell. But it's not uh, experimental. It's not something I tried all this and proved it. It's it's not that. It's, uh, you know, I just reached out to the Lord and I believe he saved me even when I don't have anything to give him. He loved me. And it's a great testimony, uh, but uh, I sat there. She asked me to be in there, I guess in case they had a question she didn't have an answer to or something. And so I had to sit there and listen to her tell every member of her family that came through there. Um, I said, to be sure if I'm granted time to have my family members at my side when I'm dying, I'm gonna make the case emphatically as to what it is that makes me tick. But they will have already been convinced just from knowing Papa. Some defining moments along the way will have proven my case. I want to read to you from this book just a little bit about defining moments. I read this when I was proofreading it and getting it ready for the publisher. I probably read it 50 times. No, I don't want to say that. Yeah, I, want to, I forgot about this and making marks here and there in my notes about it. I probably read it 50 times. And that was in 07, so it's been 13 years now nearly. I, I probably read it two or three times every year. And when I get discouraged, I find myself back in chapter three reading about Joseph's defining moment and uh, how it fits in with our lives. Uh, so here's the way I describe defining moments. That guy on the film didn't describe them, did he? He just said we have them. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> Deal with it, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, um, it's sort of like your relief pitcher, rookie relief pitcher in the major leagues. Let's say it's the bottom of the ninth and the bases are loaded. The game is tied. There's nobody out. Suddenly you hear your name being called on the bullpen coach and the public address system. You might say you're a little nervous. Your butterflies have butterflies. It's all on you. Don't forget that line. It's all on you. As you make your way from the bullpen to the mound, you realize the gravity of the situation. If one run comes across that plate, you lose. Your fans lose and your team loses. If one ball is hit in the outfield into the air, you lose. If the ball is hit in the outfield on the ground, you lose. If the ball's hit to you and you bobble it, you lose. If the ball's hit anywhere, you're likely to lose. If you hit a batter, you lose. If you walk a batter, you lose. That scenario changes drastically, however, with one out. So that makes it relatively simple. You have to strike that first guy out. And the odds are he looks like a giant. It's obvious that the coach has complete confidence in you and, or he wouldn't have called, uh, called your name. Does he know something you don't know? 
Did he have a premonition concerning this day? No, he doesn't know you will. He just knows you can. Think about that just a minute. Because he knows you have been, you've been preparing. So he puts the ball in your hand and said, okay, rookie, show him what you got. About this time, the thought comes to you, you know what? I don't need this kind of aggravation in my life right now. I think I'll go back and work in my dad's shoe store. But it doesn't last very long because you remember, one, you, you have a talent. and It would be a tragedy not to get in the game. Two, you didn't spend all those days in preparation just to sit on the bench at a time like this. And three, you just realize you're not a rookie at all. You're just a rookie on this stage. This is not the first time you've thrown a baseball. You must have, and you're just about to show 50,000 screaming fans what you already know about yourself. Maybe that's oversimplified, but that's the way I view life's defining moments. Jesus is my coach. He's been saying to me, okay, rookie, show them what you got. He already knows what's in me. I, I already know what's in me. But all those fans watching only wonder what really makes me tick. Now, I don't know why I put this in there. I said, you don't buy my scenario. <laughs> Read Hebrews 12 and 1. Wherefore, uh, seeing we are also, com- also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before it, before us. And then I put in parentheses, I love it when I'm right. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> must have had a weak moment. So something new has come into your life and has you standing only with your faith. Everything else is stripped away. This was not your plan. This was not your choice. And you feel like that rookie. You too have a talent. Will you hide it or will you shine? You know you didn't do all that preparation just to sit on the bench quivering with the game on the line. So maybe you're a rookie at facing life as a widow. Or you're a rookie at facing life as a divorcee. Or you're a rookie at having to raise your grandchildren. Or you're a rookie at starting a new career. Or you're a rookie at retirement. Or you're a rookie to life in a wheelchair. But since you've given your life to Christ, you've been attending church, paying your tithes, praying every day, reading God's word, reading and learning about others' defining moments, and in short, you've been preparing for this moment just as sure as that rookie standing on that mound. He realized he wasn't a rookie at throwing a baseball. He must have thrown it a million times. He was just a rookie on that stage. Don't you know his dad probably taught him to throw that ball in the backyard? He didn't start out in the major leagues. I remember teaching my son to throw and catch. I noticed when he was about five, he could really catch. I remember replacing the baseball with a tennis ball because I meant to throw it to him hard and it was safer that way. Pretty soon he could catch it no matter how hard I threw it. Don't you know God's doing that with us? What are you gonna do? It's all on you. No one can show his or her faith on this day better than you. Your coach has confidence in you. He knows what's inside you. He wants to let you shine. He's teaching you as he goes. So, this side of the defining moments, start learning and stop rebelling. One day you'll have a defining moment and won't it be wonderful to have prepared for it. Joseph couldn't have been expecting what the angel was revealing to him, but for a few things are obvious. God knew what he was made of, God knew he could. Joseph had to decide if he would. Joseph's life was shaken. 
He would be known by most as someone whose wife was pregnant before they were married. If this was Joseph's baby, he was a sinner. If this was not Joseph's baby, Mary was unfaithful to Joseph and to God. Since Joseph was a righteous man, this was all new to him. He was a rookie at facing friends and family with such misconceptions. However, the prospect of playing an integral part in the coming of the Messiah made the salvation of the world, um, and the salvation of the world made it all worth it. At first, it was a dreadful discovery, but he made a princely decision due to a visit from an angel and became one of the heroes of the Christmas story. A defining moment indeed. That's a defining moment. I wonder when people read our story, I mean by knowing us, and they read us. I think at the start of that chapter, I said, you can see people on a city Sunday morning, they're all parked in this big parking lot, and people are walking into the church, and you think they go to Elm Grove Community Church, and they, they're all just alike. They're all, they're all just alike. They all go to that church, they believe the same thing, and that's probably not true. We walked in here this morning with a lot of different situations going on in our lives. We represent good times, bad times, good things going on, trials, heartaches, all kinds of things represented by a group like this this morning. But I know by my life I'm, I'm preaching and teaching my kids and my grandkids by watching me. I don't want my denomination or other people that go to my church to define me. I want my kids, grandkids to know me. I want them to know me. I want them to know what makes me tick. When I said I felt God called me into the ministry and we decided, you know, I was still single and, and uh, Barb and I figured we had it all, we knew what all that was about and we, we were sure willing to do it, you know. Uh, and I, I want them to know some of the stuff we went through and, and, and uh, how when, when things didn't add up, things didn't make any sense, but we still kept on keeping on, you know. And there's, there's why would we do that? Why did you do that? I want them to know me. I don't want to trust that to somebody else. Also, it, it just wouldn't ring the same if it come from somebody else. Um, so I always def define a def defining moment as a time when everything that's, that we put on on Sunday mornings to look Christian-like, you know, the way we stand, the way we dress, the way we sing, the way we raise our hands, the way we close our eyes or bow our head, when you don't have any of that going for you, um, and you and you carry on, I, I I don't think that's a picture of defeat. I think that's a I think that's a, a time when God lets us shine. I told my church I said because I pre I told them I was going to preach this sermon every every year on my birthday. I had a birthday last week, <laughs> and I did for several years, and then I, I got away from it. But I, I meant I was going to do it to, to help me. Um, nobody, nobody likes the idea of having to go to a time and when everything that we put on for show gets stripped away and they just see us as we are. Um, but I, I told my church, I said, God wants to light you up. God wants just to light you up and let you shine. For some people, you just have to stick a guitar in their hand and a microphone in their hand, you know, and it'll start shining. Yeah. Some won't. Some, it's something else. And, they, and God wants to let you shine. And it just becomes part of who you are. And, it, and it, for those who know you the best, you know, and that's, 
that really is, that's the ones I'm really the most responsible for. I always said, you know, Noah built that ark and the Bible said he was a preacher of righteousness. How many converts did he have? Shem, Ham, and Japheth, their three wives and, and Noah's wife. So eight of them got on that boat. I don't know how many years he preached. He's a preacher of righteousness. He had eight converts. That's not very good. That wouldn't get him in any church if you put that down in his resume. That wouldn't get him in anywhere. Except if you're about to get on a boat and they said, there's only going to be eight people going to get on the boat. Who would you most likely, who would you most want to get on that boat? It was those people. What always impressed me about Noah is the people that knew him best were the most convinced what he was really all about. So I won't talk about Noah's defining moment, but that was his defining moment. <laughs> um, so one thing we know that about Joseph, we, we learned by this defining moment who Joseph really was. One thing we knew about Joseph was that he was a just man. It says it in verse 19. Joseph, uh, her husband, being a just man. It says that right there in your Bible, so we know that. That's proof. Uh, we have a list of his ancestors in uh, Matthew, uh, uh, I think it's Matthew chapter 1. We have a list of his ancestors, but that doesn't tell us much about him. You know, I, I said, was he, was he good to his mother? Uh, did he treat small children well? I always tell my granddaughters, <laughs> you can tell a lot about a guy by how he talks to his mama, and how he treats little children, and how he treats little defenseless little animals. <laughs> anyway, that's for a whole other story. <laughs> but did, was Joseph that kind of guy? Was he good to his mother? Was he, did he treat small children? Was he an athlete? Could he carry a tune? Even though we don't know uh, from uh, that what he, uh, that he was a good man, uh, we do know that uh, to the extent to which he would go to prove his goodness. He had made his mind up about this in verse 19 before the angel filled him in on the whole story about Mary. And he already, because he loved her, uh, he's the only one, uh, uh, he's the only one that, that uh, knew the true story. Even though we know that from, uh, let's see, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself here. His defining moment does that for us. Let me show you what I mean. Uh, Joseph is in a particularly difficult spot. Mary is pregnant. The baby's not his. He's the only one in the world besides Mary that knows this. Yet before the angel tells Joseph the whole story, Joseph is seen to be a gentleman who loves Mary very much. So defining moments fill in the blanks for us. I got the feeling when I was sitting in the hospital room with that lady that uh, some people were being convinced and some of them cried, some of them smiled, was glad for a word from their grandma. Um, but I just, I sat there for, I don't know, it seemed like hours as one after the other came in and she did her best to try on that last day or two that she lived to convince them that she really did believe in God no matter what she had done before. You don't have to live that way. You can live your life. You don't have to set out by saying, I want to be superhuman, super Christian. That ain't what it's about either. But while you're living life and while you're serving the Lord and while you're letting Jesus shine through you and while you're praying every day and you're reading your Bible and you're trying to get closer to God and you want to fit in somewhere in the church and be a part of the church and all that, all the time while you're doing that, while you're coaching Little League Baseball or softball or, or whatever you're involved in with the kids, um, your life's preaching to them. Yeah. And every once in a while, right. there's a defining moment that comes along. Right. And don't think 
Don't think that somebody looked at you and said, man, you're just a flop. That's why this happened. You're a failure. No, that's the time God lights you up. That's, you believe that? I, what, I think you know the story of Job. I think that kind of started out that way, didn't it? God said, have you considered my servant Job? And then the devil lied about him. Well, he's only serving you because you made him rich. That was a lie from hell. That was no, there was no truth in that at all. And then we learn from Job that Job really meant it. He was rich. He had been blessed. But that wasn't, that wasn't what he was, why he was serving the Lord. He was convinced of his love for the Lord and God's love for him. Thank God for a defining moment that comes along sometime. I don't want my kids to fill out my credential card here in my wallet and says, there he is. He's ordained assembly God minister. We know he's in heaven. He's ordained. They wouldn't have given him that unless that guy was on his way to heaven, you know, or uh, he's, he's pastor of a church. You know, here's his church. We got a picture of it right here. We know dad's in heaven. I want him one day when they have a defining moment to say, what would dad do here? I know what dad would do. I know what papa would do. <laughs> I know papa loved the Lord. I saw him in good times and bad times. And in all those times, he kept serving the Lord, kept loving God. Defining moments do that for us. Thank God for them. Some of you are going through defining moments right now. And it breaks my heart that you're going through hard times. And I thought hard, long about this sermon as I was preparing it and seeing some of your faces as I was preparing it. And I wish I could just take all the pain away and y'all are wonderful people and we've been over here for a month just hanging out here. <laughs> we've never done this before. And you just made us feel so loved and you, if I sing a song, you brag on my song and, and we play music, you brag on our music and if I teach a Sunday school class, you brag on that and it doesn't happen everywhere. I sang a song one place and uh, I was back at the back or front door, I guess, and uh, shaking hands with people, a lady came by and she said, my, that was a beautiful song you sung this morning. I said, thank you. And she said, oh, uh, you did good singing it too. I just meant it was a beautiful song. (laughs) I could write another book and just have those kind of left-handed compliments that have come my way. Yeah, that was a pretty song. <laughs> she was right. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, thank the Lord for defining moments. God help us to be pleasing to him. And why don't we stand together? I want to say a prayer for you. I said in Sunday school today, there's a scripture that says, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial that has come to try you. And I said, be honest about it. I always think it's a strange thing, don't you? <laughs> I always think, Lord, I didn't deserve that. I'm too nice a guy to have something like that happen to me. <laughs> and he always seems to agree. <laughs> but when those closest to us see us in those times, then we shine. God wants to let us shine. He even predicted a day coming when the righteous will shine like the sun, like the stars. (laughs) 
If you've got a problem with that, you just got a problem because he's going to light you up. But he wants to do it here too and just light you up. Let's bow for prayer. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for good friends and a church family to go to church with and pastors that preach the word to us and, and just out of love share with us every week. Father, there are people in this church this morning that are going through trials right now. And, and uh, I just would like to say a, a prayer for them. And I just pray your, that you would help them uh, to have received something from this sermon this morning that will help them in a difficult time that they, uh, that they have faced and are facing right now. It's easy, Lord, to, for us to feel like we're on an island because it is up to us. Nobody can shine on that day except us. But... Nobody can do it like us either. You put us in this situation for a reason. You allowed this defining moment to come to let us shine and light us up. And may that be exactly what happens from it and touch lives because of it. In Jesus' name.